Hi, I'm Toby Wilson. I'm here with uh, Elle Wilson, author of The Power Shift. Hi, Elle. Hi, Toby. Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about leadership and, and team building. Um, it's a good topic, isn't it? It is a good topic. And I want to I want I want to say something about this topic, Toby, because it's good we're, because we're on a podcast, so that's a it's a perfect time. <laughs> I think that when we just speak about leadership, you know, we don't have to just talk about team building. Even in your own family, you're kind of team building uh, with yes, your kids, yes, aren't you? Absolutely. So you're leading your children, parenting. When you're parenting, that's what you're doing. Is you you know you want your children to be able to trust you, to respect you, and to see you as someone that they come to for guidance. How has that dissolved in the world? Right? We're really not doing so well in the world with that right at the moment, and um, and that's because you know so so much is changing in the world, and uh, we have so many influences, and kids are influenced by so much other than their parents, whereas before that really wasn't happening. So I don't want to just talk about leadership from the perspective of team building. I want to really just dive in deep. How about that? Sounds good. So let me start with a question. What is it? What does it mean to be a, a good leader? What's I think that mean? A, a good leader is someone that has an incredible depth of honesty or willingness to be honest, to be honest w- with what they know and what they don't know, mm-hmm. and uh, and that they see their 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 life as it's unfolding for them as really a part of their evolution. You know, that that they're here to evolve as human beings to grow. Uh, and, and in some cases, to, to actually, in fact, the most important thing I would say is the unlearning of fear. Because it, even if you're born as a, you have qualities of natural leadership inside of you when you're born, and you know, some people kind of have that. Mm-hmm. Whether they're good leaders or not is all determined by um, their honesty, their level of honesty. Like Hitler was a great leader, wasn't he? Stalin was a great leader. Well, they were certainly uh, effective leaders in terms of getting the result of having people follow them. Absolutely. Yeah. That's leadership. It, but what was So missing? would you call him a good leader? Well, I would say he was a dishonest leader and he was mm-hmm. led by fear. So as far as the word leadership, he had millions following, believing in him, acting, taking actions. You know, he would say something and people would act and horrendous things would happen. So, you know, when we have leaders, that that's what leadership is, someone being led by you. Mm-hmm. So the only way to determine whether you're, you're you know, is, is really when the only way to determine the level of leadership is through honesty. Mm-hmm. Are you dishonest or, you you know, is fear that which and, is And when you say honest, just, just unpack that a little bit more. Like, like you say honest, so if you're leading people, you should tell them what you really think and feel in any given moment? Is no, that like, talking, like you need to be honest with them? Do you need to honestly um, uh, tell them what their weaknesses are and strengths are? Is that part of it? What's the honesty? Talk more I, about I, I Thank you for bringing that up. Gosh, I love it when you interview me because you just go in and just hone in on all the things that I need <laughs> to unpack, like you said. Um, I'm, I'm talking about a deep internal honesty. Uh-huh. So, you know, someone like... Um, Hitler, for example, he was lacking that. You know, so power was being he was misusing his power. He was hurting people. He was using misusing his power in a way where he was reinforcing fear and separation. He was saying, Hey, we're separate, we're better, you're less than us, so we're gonna kill you, right? Mm-hmm. So that's obviously a, a complete that's completely love doesn't move like that. That's completely mm-hmm. dishonest. Mm-hmm. 
So a profound level of honesty is seeing where fear is, uh, is you're navigating through the use of fear. That's interesting. That so you're, you're actually, in, in what you're saying now, you're aligning the idea of honesty with the idea of love, which is um, probably not a common sort of connection, and the idea of fear with the idea of, of dishonesty. Um, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Like love, the way that real love moves, and, I mean, we talk about this in the power shift, and, again, buy the power shift and read it for your own sake. You know, you, you deserve it to understand what's the difference between this, you know, idea of love, this Disney world love that we've been, you know, that we've, we've sort of embraced in the world compared to real love with a capital L. That's how we spell it. You know, that's how we, mm-hmm. we write it in the power shift because you've got to know the difference. You're going to be learning the difference between Disney love and real love for the rest of your life. Make it a mission. If you want to be a leader, if you want to lead your children, if you want your children to look up to you, to, to see you as a dignified pillar in their world, you need to know the difference between love, small ca- smaller case L, and uppercase L love. You have to know that. So, you know, if we were to look at, at honesty, deep honesty um, is completely aligned with, with the way love moves. I don't, don't, I can't tell you that I know how that looks all the time because that would that would be dishonest, mm-hmm. right? Sure. I don't know how that looks. I don't know how love moves in every single. It's very spontaneous. Real love it doesn't. You know, it's just it just moves. It knows and it moves. But you know, I do know that dishonesty, profound dishonesty, at, which is the belief in separation that we are separate, that we're not all connected that it doesn't matter what we do to other people and there is us and them and we could at, at some point be better than them, even with our children, because we're the parents. Are we the ones that they should listen to? It's a very archaic kind of belief. So, again, it's like fear is telling you, it's giving you beliefs that you choose whether you're going to take them on board. You know, when you start a, a really amazing leader is someone that's never afraid to question their own beliefs. That's the beginning. You have to look, you have to thank. Like if you're building a team, you have to thank them when they get you to see something that you're believing that is separating you from them. That is, it's not about, you know, connection. It's about separation. How do you get people, number one, you think you're better than them if you think that you're separate from them. You know, all of a sudden all the, the ideas come in about whether it's you or them. Wow, that's pretty serious when you're employing someone and you want someone to respect you. Don't you think that you should first respect them? Quite remarkable to see, um, I can't remember his name, I think it's Ray Diallo or something, the, the head of Bridgewater, the way that he's structured his um, um, uh, companies. Um, in that he's got this thing called, what does he call it, radical transparency or radical honesty. And, awesome. and And the entire um, 1,500 of his um, team, employees, they all are encouraged and have complete um, um, allowance to speak and communicate honestly with what they see and what they honestly believe with others. So he could have a 24-year-old graduate come up to him as the 
the CEO of the business and say, you did a really poor job in that meeting the way that you did it. It didn't appear you were organised and my sense was this. And he actually welcomed that. And it's quite, it's quite incredible the way that he's sort of integrated all of these levels of honesty into his business. Um, and, and according to him, it's been a, 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 profound, a profoundly important um, reason for its success. I think what you're saying and what I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm, if I'm on, going on the wrong path, but for me what I, what I hear you say is that what he, he doesn't take offence. So, you know, as a leader, even though he's the leader... He has given freedom for uh, feedback, freedom, uh, freedom for feedback, and if that feedback is seems that it's even you know going, confronting, confronting yeah, to yeah. him, he's not taking it personally. Well, he's it's not actually taking offence. Yeah, it's actually the entire culture. So it's not just him, but it's the entire culture and communication systems within the business. So, like about say twenty five percent, I think it was from memory of people that work for him. It's just not for them. They just don't, it's just not, it can be too confronting at times, it can be difficult, and, but he's very encourages that, that personal growth, that... that um, Evolution. And, um, I think yeah. that the, the one thing that we have to be mindful of too is that sometimes that can be very heady and it can be very superficial. I guess what I'm speaking about is, is, is taking it even a level deeper than that. And I think for women this is very beautiful, not to say that for men it's not, but I th I'm thinking of the business owners that I mentor and the ones that, I, you know, that I'm mm -hmm. connected with in my day job. You know, when I think of that and I think of um, how often you know, you, we step into nagging, you know, we mm -hmm. step into nagging our teams or our children or our husbands even, and, uh, and this nagging, this kind of idea of trying to get some sort of uh, – positive outcome when you're nagging doesn't work you know so it's like who are you being to your employees who are you being to those people that are looking really literally looking up to you that's what you want you want your team members and your children to admire you for the choices that you're making so I think I want to take it a level deeper but I love what you're saying because that brings up the topic of not taking things personally being able as a leader to accept feedback and not see it as an attack, but see it as, okay, well, I want to look into that. I'm going to question what I was doing in that meeting. And if I've got a 24-year-old that's coming up to me to say that to me, I want to take a look. Could I learn something? Was I not organised? So it's kind of like allowing, having the capacity as a leader, a great leader has the capacity to, they're not a dictator. They have the, that's the difference, right? They have the capacity to let things in and not feel offended or take them personally, but see them as, as part of their evolution, part of their greater purpose, which is to evolve in, in this world and to undo all of these false beliefs that they have inside of themselves. For example, that we are separate, that one person is less than another human being, or that they should, team members should listen to them, children should listen to their parents. I mean, all of these things, are, they're just false. They're absolutely egoic beliefs that are completely false. And when we, we try and lead coming from them, we lose every time. We can never have powerful outcomes and things become toxic very, very quickly, and especially in organisations. So I think that, you know, what we're touching on here is a lot of really deeply profound things you know, and so how has it been for you? You've been, you've owned and ran your own companies for um, over thirty years now. Um, um, how 
how do you lead your teams now compared with earlier in your career and how has that you know, yeah. developed and evolved? Well, I think that I did my best. That's one of the things that we all have to say that because it's the truth. You can only do what you know to do in the time that you're doing it. But I think for me, I'm, I have the willingness to look back and think, wow, you know, that wasn't so great, that I could have done that better. I don't have a problem with looking back and really, in hindsight, looking at where I don't spend a lot of time there because I don't need to spend a lot of time there. I mean, really, what is the greatest value is what I'm doing right now. And right now, I think one of the greatest pieces of advice that I could give anyone that wants to lead or has children or um, is, is really dive deep into looking at what you're relating to when you're communicating with another person. It doesn't matter who they are, your husband, your child, your, you know, your executive assistant, your, your admin assistant, your receptionist, your beauty professional. You know, it doesn't really matter. So what is. you're relating to in the other person, you're saying? Absolutely. You're only going to see in the other person what you want, what you're, where you're coming from within yourself. Wherever you're anchored, that's what you're going to be relating to in the other person. So if you're anchored in fear, you're just continually going to be looking for that in the other person. You're going to be looking for things that are going to reinforce fear. You know, so it's basically building evidence to make that feeling real. It, absolutely. It's going to grow. Like absolutely. You. So what's really important is to become an absolute expert at recognising the difference between fear and love. And fear always talks about separation. Fear is always telling you you're separate. Fear is always telling you that you've got something to be fearful about, you know, that something's not right. Fear will tell you reality is wrong. What do you mean separate? Separate from another person. What do you mean? Absolutely. Like, I'm like gonna, not, yes. not, not emotionally connected with them. Or no, what? we're talking about absolutely that we are not all connected. That there are people. There's a hierarchy on this planet somehow. That there are people that are, you know, higher than others. Um, have got more power than others. That are better than others. That somehow isn't that true? Know, isn't there truth in that? I'm playing the devil's advocate here. I'm just sort of. I would say that. Um, no, if you if you relate to others as being less than you, even others that you idolise that are more than you, you you really got to look at that. You know, you, you know when we actually start to see love and how love moves with love with the capital L, we always have to keep saying that. Um, love doesn't doesn't do that. Love is like we're all connected. We are literally all connected. Like when you go out to nature and you can you start to feel the subtleties in your body and you're connecting to a tree or you're, you're feeling this love inside of you when you're connecting to a beautiful landscape. That's the connectivity I'm talking about. We're all connected. And yet fear will tell us constantly that we are not, that we're separate, that somehow we are either more important, our needs are more important than another person's needs, or that person should do things for us because we pay them. Well, yes, of course, team members do have to fulfil certain guidelines, policies, procedures. They have to follow rules. But how are we interacting with that person? How are we influencing them and impacting them so that they want to do that? You know, because initially you, you're not going to have your, your team coming in and they're going to be perfect. I mean, that's rare. It's not very common can happen. But, when you, you know, it's, it's when we've got those conflicting things when we've got our team members not doing what we want them to do, where the opportunity, that's the beautiful opportunity, where we start to look at ourselves, we start to look, where am I coming from? Okay, I'm triggered and I feel really upset about their behaviour. So how am I thinking about them? 
And when you start going back and then undoing those thoughts and then coming to a place where you feel like, hang on a minute, I really want to choose connection. I want this to be a powerful outcome. It doesn't mean that you're going to be able to do it, but at least you're coming, you're anchoring yourself in something more real, more honest. And, and that person, even if that person doesn't change, even if that person leaves, you will impact them. If they're, if they're confronted, like you were saying about, you know, the gentleman you were talking about before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how some people couldn't cope with being confronted, by even stepping in and being loving, that's too confronting for some people. That doesn't mean that love doesn't lay down the law. Love can be real tough, you know. It's spontaneous. It's real, though. So that impacts another human being. They're impacted by that. Because then they might leave. Well, there you go. Solve, your problem solved. They may stay and you may have helped impact their whole life. You might be one of the people they look back on and when someone says, you know, who was the most impactful mentor in your life and they might mention your name. They're not going to do that if you're coming from fear. How could they? How could they look up to someone that doesn't even know the difference between when they're in fear and and totally involved in their own needs and wants and in, in separation and that it's all about them and they've missed the key ingredient of what actually other people are impacted by and how we influence others is through where we're anchored. Not what we're doing, not what we're saying, but where are we coming from? What are we actually, where are are our feet anchored? Or if we're on a boat, let's say, where the anchor is in the ocean, for example. (laughs) Don't we have to know that? And then, you know, when, when, when what we do doesn't work for us, we blame other people, right? Isn't that what we love to do? And, and then it's all about the other person. So I think that my advice would be is find an incredible mentor, read the right books, and, and, and find someone that you respect as a leader yourself first and foremost where you, you see you know, you, your values are aligned and you think, wow. So how do you choose a great mentor? Wow. You're asking me some pretty serious questions. Wow, okay. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, this is a bit challenging, isn't it? Because, you know, I'm about to launch my mentoring programs or, you know, they're out there. And at the moment, I'm, I'm mentoring already in so many ways. But I think that for me, how do I choose my mentors? would be a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I go all the way. Like I'm absolutely, I, I go all the way. I'm looking for the absolute truth. I, I want the truth. I don't want, um, I'm looking for some, for, you know, for mentors really that, that have worked it out, that they've worked it out. And I look at them. I look at the way they move. I look at what they're doing with their in their life. I look at what they what's meaningful to them, and I think, wow! Like I get a response inside of myself immediately, and I think, well, oh, that's just I just know the truth of that. So for me, I don't want superficial mentors. I never have. I've never chosen them. Um, I just want the real thing. So for me, it's like um, I have developed an internal trust that I can always lean into now. So I guess for someone that may be at the beginning of their journey, they may not have that, I would say question the mentor, you know, watch their language, look at their language. How do they speak? Are they speaking with an authority but you kind of get a funny feeling when you read a sentence and you think, oh, you know, 
is that where does that come from? Is that coming from sort of fear? Or is, you know, I think a lot of mentors, especially in coaches nowadays that are out there mentoring, they talk a lot about this, you know, being powerful and being strong and determined. and They use a lot of words, but there's a lack of meaning in where those words are coming from. You know, there's, there's a, to me, I think when you begin to actually use force or you're using your power rather than shifting it and recognising that it's not about the use of it, it's about the movement of it. When you start to use this idea of being determined and never giving up and whatever, and you're, again, you're using strength rather than accessing your internal unlimited strength that love just gives you every time you turn to it, I would say that you'd need to to be aware, start looking for these sort of signs um, that will be helpful and then reach out and ask people, who do you think of this and ask other people, what was your experience, what did you think and, you know, not everyone is going to be perfect for everyone. Some people want want a more superficial experience, other people want a really deep experience, other people want to be sort of putting their toe in the river and, and not dipping or just dipping in, not diving in. It, it really, and sometimes even when we, we pick someone that we might say in hindsight wasn't right, well, we would have had some evolution. If we look at it and use it as a, a mechanism to evolve, it would have been an opportunity rather than looking back and going, I did the wrong thing. Haven't we all done that? Look back and, and, and wondered why we did something? Of course. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. Sure. So so I think that, um, again, it's... It's important to to just look for signs. Languages are really powerful. Would you agree, Toby? Language is really powerful. The way people speak, the tone and how they speak. A yeah, lot I of think that. I think that um, I mean, language is, is is such a major mechanism as to how we we uh, communicate meaning. That's it's how like obviously the the tone of voice and body language and everything contributes to the meaning of what we're communicating. But um, a use of language is. Um, yeah, of course, of course. It's so, I mean, that's a very big and sort of deep topic. You could do several podcasts just on that alone, I guess. Maybe we'll but, have uh, to. Yeah. Who knows? So I think um, I think we've covered this this topic. I think we've covered think quite so. a few areas, haven't we? When we look at leadership and and uh, the dilemma, you know, whether we've solved the dilemma of leadership and team building, whether it's in your family or whether it's in a business, wherever, even in even in a relationship, would you say to some extent you're leading each other? You know, do you want to lead each other into fear or do you want to lead each other into love? Like, be led by love or led by fear? I guess that's the big question, and and that's the difference when it comes to a leader that is um, growing and one that may maybe trying but not really getting the result that they that they're looking for. You always have to look at you. Mm. That's the starting point, isn't it? You bet. Excellent. Thanks, Al. Really appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.